Steelers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner and his sidekick T'Challa there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Cody, how are you and your cat doing today? Uh, we're fantastic. Uh, I don't know what he's, he's in a mood today. Um, but no, we're doing fantastic. We're excited. Football. It was fun seeing football this weekend a little bit, you know, here and there. Um, but no, we're doing good. James, how are you? Doing all right, man. I always enjoy uh, the East-West Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. It brings the reality of the NFL draft being close that much closer. Mm-hmm. Those are like the, the two big neon signs to me of, you know, one of them is 10 miles till the NFL draft. One of them is 11 miles, you know, yep. and you're getting that close. The Super Bowl uh, so is like nine miles. <laughs> no, no, that's like two miles. <laughs> it's, is it two? Well, no, I guess I'm saying as far as like, oh, I get what you're saying. Versus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, that's really close as far as the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. Also, real quick. One shout out to our good friend, Ryan, for hitting the new uh, bench. Yeah. Got to give him a shout out. He's going over to your house at Jim Strong. Mm-hmm. If you're ever in Erie PA, hit, hit up James. He'll let you come work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think um, there was something else I was going to say. Now I forgot. But we were talking about it. Um, I don't remember now. It was about the draft, but that's okay. We'll get back to it. We have Steelers right by the Lake the news first, too. Absolutely. It's a new month. And when a new month comes around, we tell you about who our top downloading states and countries were from the previous month. Uh, so we're going to get the states out of the way first. The big shocker of the month. Pennsylvania coming in at number one. Woo! What's wild to get dethroned, but back on top as they belong State number two, a newcomer, Oregon. Uh, so fun to see the uh, large influx. Appreciate you new listeners there. Uh, number three, Ohio, one of our old faithful states. Um, number four, California has basically been a top downloading state for us since the beginning, about five years ago now. Uh, and then number five, Missouri. Missouri was real big for us last year. So mm-hmm. really appreciate you listeners out there in Missouri uh, joining and sticking around. And coming back week after week. Appreciate you very much. If you ever feel like it, feel free to just uh, put in the comments or even on our Facebook page somewhere. Uh, where'd you hear about us? How'd you start listening? Is there anything you really like about the show? Anything like that. We love feedback from our listeners, especially seeing some areas here where we've got some some new repetitive listeners. So yes. appreciate y'all very much. 100%. Uh, top countries, James. Top countries for downloaded countries. Uh, shocker here as well. Number one, United States. Uh, number, what? yeah, I know, right? Wow. Number two was <laughs> so Canada weird. this month, and then number three was Spain, and number four on the li- or excuse me, tied for number three, not number four, uh, was Vietnam. So uh, nice, very intriguing there. Um, but no, always makes me wonder if it's people on vacation or uh, yeah, like what is what, it. Uh, yeah, a lot of times our listeners in other countries come and go, and it's not real regular. Uh, so if you were on vacation and downloaded us while you're on vacation, shout out to you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening, watching. Again, if you're on YouTube, these numbers are specifically for uh, the audio downloads, not the YouTube videos. Um, but again, we thank you guys so much for being a part of the Steelers by Lake family. Uh, we previewed it last week. We're going to go over it again real quick. We are going to go over our top five free agents that we want to target. And then at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, or do you want to do that first? 
I'll go and do it. Uh, let's talk about the new offensive coordinator first. That's the big news in Pittsburgh land, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So we finally know the answer, and the answer is Arthur Smith, uh, most recently the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Before that, uh, a very successful offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so it depends on how you want to look at this. Uh, I look at this in a light of, hey, we're not hiring him to be the head coach, so I'm not really concerned about what he did as a head coach. I'm concerned about what he did as an offensive coordinator. Yep. And as an offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans in his two years there, uh, they were the 10th best scoring team and the fourth best scoring team. Um, Derrick Henry had his best years as an NFL professional there uh, while he was the offensive coordinator. And A.J. Brown was so good, they were able to trade him away and get some high assets. Yep. Uh, so they had some really good years while he was there. I mean, for crying out loud, he made Ryan Tannehill look like a good quarterback for a couple of years, which he never was before and has not been since as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think there's something to be said about this. A, a guy who definitely prioritizes the run game and, and maybe understands how to maximize – the strengths of a quarterback who's not top tier and, and, and get the most out of them. Well, and I'm going to say this too. Um, he was previously the head coach. I know we're not talking head coach stuff, but previously the head coach yeah, of the yeah. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Just this past year, Kyle Pitts, their starting tight end. There you go. There's that smooth crack. Uh, Red Bull to <laughs> you, sir. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Kyle Pitts, that, you know, superstar young tight end, 110 targets. You want to know how many targets Pittsburgh's tight ends had between all four of them? <laughs> but let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, 75. Mm -mm. Not that many? No. A little <laughs> bit 93. 93 between all of them. Their first, wow. their, their one tight end had 110. Their second tight end had 31. And their third tight mm -hmm. end had 11. I understand that the Arthur Smith offense is very heavy in two tight ends. Yep. Uh, he uses a fullback and he does not use three wide receivers very often. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of changes the perspective of how you look at, at building the 2024 Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about how Allen Robinson is due a ton of money next year and most likely to be cut or restructured on that deal. They're not going to pay a number three wide receiver, 10 million bucks uh, to barely ever get the ball thrown. To Especially him. So, when he's number four. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends on how you look at that, obviously. Uh, but I, I would say that they're just going to move on from him. I can't imagine he'll restructure that all the way down to a league minimum deal. No. And that's probably the only way they'd be interested in keeping him. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine Calvin Austin third will be the number three, like 100% the number three going yeah. into next season. Uh, and probably won't play a ton other than special teams because they just don't do it in, in an Arthur Smith offense. But you know what? We got the tight ends to do this. We do. And it also leads me to my next thing, which is something we've been talking about ever since he got drafted. Yeah. Connor Hayward, if you aren't already doing it, get seconds and thirds at every meal. Uh, no more benching with sets of 10. We're going heavy. We're <laughs> going triples. <laughs> something you can bench through only three times and you're doing it as he's many not times gonna as get possible. taller so he's got to get bigger <laughs> it is bulking season for the next couple years for you buddy uh you need to get as thick as you possibly can because yeah and that was the thing like 
Connor Hayward has been fun to watch, but he hasn't been that weapon that you were hoping he could be, that multi-use tool, that mismatch versus linebackers and safety. He just hasn't been. Nope. And he's not going to get drastically more athletic or faster, and he's certainly, as you just mentioned, not going to get taller. Nope. Uh, so let's slide him into that fullback rule and uh, get him extra meals and seconds and extra dessert and, and just really bulk him up, man. Let's let's get him up to 250, 255 and have him start smashing into people and see how that works out. Let's get him the size of his dad. Ironhead Hayward was such a thick fullback in the NFL. Yeah, he's a big boy. Uh, if he can, can get that thick boy eating ha- habit and uh, workout regimen going on, uh, maybe, man, maybe. You never know. He'll, he'll, he'll be all right. He'll make it work. Um, yeah. But no, with that being said, Pittsburgh also interviewed, and I wonder if I can pull this up. Um, so Pittsburgh also interviewed for a new position, the passing game coordinator, which is something that they are adding this year, which again, it's normally the the head, or the, excuse me, the quarterback's quarterback coach. coach. Um, but Pittsburgh is actually looking to add that extra staff. Um, I'm trying to see the three guys they interviewed for this. Um, it looks an like, interesting twist while you're looking that up, or do you have it already? I do. Uh, there was, okay, go ahead. There was, oh no, it's, it's pointing out different guys, but there were three guys. Um, interviewed okay. For while you're three. finding that Mike Sullivan was the offensive coordinator, uh, fill in and the quarterbacks coach for Pittsburgh last season, right? Uh, thought he did a lot better job than, uh, what we had with Matt Canada, as far as calling plays, because of it, he's been getting interviews as an offensive coordinator. Now, it looked like all those positions were filled, uh, but the guy that took the job for the Raiders just backed out of it. Uh, so now the rumor is Mike Sullivan's actually a favorite to get that Raiders offensive coordinator position. And if that happens, he would have been kind of the de facto passing game coordinator. They didn't technically have one. Your quarterback's coach usually does that. Uh, so I would expect this to be someone to kind of fill that role of quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator, which also gives you the opportunity to kind of pay him a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, maybe allow that person to want to stick around for a couple of years and then maybe be the heir apparent to Arthur Smith. If he gets back into to head coaching after his three year stint with Pittsburgh's up. Yeah. So the guys on this list, uh, the Steelers were interviewing Los Angeles chargers, passing game specialist, Tom Arth. Uh, New York Jets wide receivers coach Zach Azani and Tennessee Titans passing game coordinator and QB's coach Charles London uh, for their new pass game coordinator position on the offensive staff. So cool. those are the guys that they've been looking at. I mean, you think about the Chargers and how they've had success with Justin Herbert. Um, so there's there's something to be said about that one for sure. Tennessee, whatever. Uh, Detroit, don't get me started. Or uh, Chicago, don't get me started. But it's still interesting to have that that specific role or position on the team uh, moving forward. So excited for that. Now it's time to talk about the fun stuff. The main yeah. deal of this episode, we're going to talk about our top five targets for free agency. Um, James, you want to go one, one, two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five? Yeah, let's do that, man. Let's okay. let's each talk about a guy and then uh, fill, fill the viewers and listeners in on why that's somebody we'd be interested in bringing in. Uh, do you want to go first with your first guy? Yeah, I can. So my first guy is going to surprise you here a little bit, um, especially because mm-hmm. he kind of had uh, a very non-productive season, uh, to say the least. He was recently traded from another team. Um, 
and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check this. Um, he's actually, yeah. So he's listed in a lot of different areas as a safety. I would want him to come in to play linebacker, uh, specifically for us and specifically inside linebacker. I know we have, we saw the injuries this year. We talked about it a lot. Um, specifically the guy that I am looking for is Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. And I'm if I'm not mistaken, he was actually um put on I don't know if he was put on IR this year or if he just didn't get much playing time. But I want to see him come in. No, he got some playing time, but I think he was like mostly a special teams role. Um didn't have a whole lot of other stats listed. He did play uh outside linebacker for the Giants. He played safety in Arizona. And then I think that he could come in and potentially take that inside linebacker role um, and play it fairly well. I think he's fast enough. He's definitely tall enough. Um, he reminds me a lot of like Trey or not Trey Edmonds, um, Tremaine Edmonds from the when he yeah. played played in Buffalo. I don't know where, where he is now. I think he might still be Buffalo. I don't know. Um, but that tall, bulky guy, he can you know crash down and, and crush a hole and meet a running back, even a running back like Derrick Henry in the hole if you want to talk about bigger guys. And he's also capable of how many times have you seen a ball get thrown over our, our middle linebackers and they're just mm -hmm. not tall enough to tip it or hit it or whatever. He solves all those problems. Um, I'm not saying he'd be an immediate day one starter. We have some guys in the building that we think are potential starters. I mean, Cole Holcomb, obviously uh, Quan Alexander, we talked about a little bit, but I'm just curious to see if we bring in some depth pieces, especially again, how many years in a row do we have to have middle linebacker injury problems to get more bodies in here? So yeah. that is my number one target. Yeah, I, I don't mind that one bit as a middle linebacker. It seems like the position that he would fit best as far as like his build. Mm -hmm. uh, and his his background in college was very much so as like a multi-purpose tool. Played safety, played linebacker, kind of jump, jumped all over. And he's had a tough time finding the right position in the NFL. Um, I got to feel like his best role is a middle linebacker against passing situations. Uh, so even if he's not an every down guy, if he's not good against the run, yep. you stick him out there in that nickel and dime unit and he can cover a lot of space. It's a very, very athletic individual. I want to say he was like a four, three, eight, forty, or something stupid fast like that. Like he's up there with Devin Bush, as far as that speed, very, very fast. Uh, for that size of a guy, four, isn't three, he like nine. six four? Four three yeah, nine. Four three nine. I said four three eight. Not too bad. <laughs> My memory's yeah. okay. Six four uh, two thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's an enormous individual. That kind of being that kind of athleticism, you can cover a ton of ground and really help take away some of these tight ends that have been such an issue for Pittsburgh coverage wise. Yep. Um, my number one guy on my list. If you've been a long time listener of Steelers by the Lake. Uh, you haven't heard me say this name in a number of years now, but when he came out as a rookie, I was huge on him. Watched him in the East-West Shrine game, and he absolutely popped. Uh, Michael Nwenu came into the NFL as a guard, started playing some offensive tackle for the New England Patriots. His rookie contract is up. He will be an unrestricted free agent. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't re-sign him. They could, yep. but... This is somebody that you could slap and start at right tackle right away, and then you don't have to address it in the NFL draft as far as the offensive tackle position. Uh, you just move 
uh, the rookie right back over to left tackle where we originally intended on playing him. And then you're good at tackle for a while because uh, he was a younger prospect. So probably by now he's only probably like 25 years old or 26 years old or something. Uh, so you could easily get another four or five years out of him before having to worry about a decline in play. Uh, what I loved about him when he came out was that he made a big impact in his own physical size and dropped weight to get in better shape. And he had a really nice wingspan, really long arms. Uh, so that's what you're looking for. Somebody who understands what it takes work wise and has the athletic tools to take care of things. So I'd be ecstatic if Pittsburgh was able to, to get Michael and Wenu and I think it would solidify the offensive tackle position. Then you're only worried about your center because the guards are pretty solid. Yep. Um, do you want to do number two now? Sure. We'll snake it. Yeah, I like it. All right. Uh, so my number two uh, is a cornerback who specializes in the slot, Kenny Moore. Uh, Kenny Moore is going to be an unrestricted free agent once again. Uh, highly, highly skilled slot corner. One of the best slot corners in the NFL. It's tough to get a slot corner out of the draft. It is. Usually when people talk about drafting a slot corner, it's just you're, you're taking somebody who played outside corner at the college level and he's He's too short and too slow to play in the NFL. Um, sure, Kenny Moore is not a tall dude, but he has had a serious resume as a highly successful slot corner in the NFL. Uh, and if you do that, then then you're just looking for a an outside corner, which is easier to find uh, opposite of Joey Porter Jr. So I would love to see a guy like Kenny Moore. And I think at this stage, he wouldn't be top dollar anymore. I think his his prime years are behind him at this point. Uh, not to the extent of Patrick Peterson, where you're worried about even putting him on the field, uh, but he's not going to command the 15 to $20 million a year like he would have uh, in his younger years. You might be able to get him in that 5 to 10 mil range. And if so, and you get one of the top slot corners in the NFL, I'm all in on it. No, that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm down for that. You know, slot corner is a position that we have a question mark. We obviously have Corey Trice still kind of that the same thing Calvin Austin was last year. We have like an extra rookie on the team. We're going to see what Corey Trice can do. I would love for him to come out and just be the number two and be able to play opposite of, of Joey Porter Jr. That would be, give us so much youth at that cornerback position and playable youth at that. Uh, my number two is going to go, I'm sticking with the secondary, uh, but I'm going to the safety position with CJ Gardner Johnson. Uh, 26 year old, previously played for Detroit. Had some injury issues this year. He played early in the year, played two games, and then didn't play again until January. Um, but in the last four games, he had two interceptions. Uh, very capable safety. We've seen what happens with our safety depth. <laughs> again, the injury problems we had this year uh, all over the place with with safety. I would love to see him come in. And I know that he's – I don't believe he's a natural um, – like – Free safety. Well, Minka's so Minka used to be listed as free safety. Now he's listed as strong safety. I don't get that. I think he still plays mostly free. He's he's free. Yeah, that's <laughs> where he's a pro bowler and all pro is a free so, safety. Um, and I don't think CJ Gardner Johnson. I don't think he played strong safety, but I think he would play well at strong safety. I think he would. What's also, his size? I feel like he's a really good hitter. I, I know that the five eleven two oh eight. Yeah, yeah, that's a guy could definitely play strong safety. So. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. Uh, one of the big things C.J. Johnson, Gardner Johnson's known for 
Uh, one of the biggest parts of his body is his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this dude runs his mouth and chirps at anybody that comes near him. A guy with more confidence than Superman. Uh, just that's the kind of guy you want on your defense. You put him opposite of Minka Fitzpatrick, and you can let Minka play. Yep. You can let Minka go out there and do what he does best, which is just be that ball hawking safety instead of having to match up one on one versus safety or versus tight ends and and you know, running backs over even. the top. Yeah, going over the top of this wide receiver specifically because we know that the corner that's going against them can't run with them. So you're just going to be the guy that makes sure he doesn't get us deep. Yep. Like, yeah, let's let him be a safety. Let's let him be that Troy Polamalu esque player that he was looking like the year before when he led the league in uh, interceptions. So I think that's a great call out. Who do you got for your third guy, Cody? Oh, my third guy. I'm going to, I'm going to bounce away from this one because I feel like it's cheating. I'm going to go to my fourth. No, I'll, I'll bump my fourth guy up to my third guy and we'll drop down. Um, <laughs> Jonah Williams is my is going to be my third guy. Right tackle, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, previously played for. This is another guy that could come in and immediately take over uh, that position, which would give us a lot of, I think, comfortable, more comfortable offensive game planning on that right side of the line. I mean, we bounced around. Who, who was there? We had Chukasakora for there for a while. Um, he's probably going to get dropped off the team because he wasn't even playing at the end of the year. Uh, and then they threw, they tried throwing Broderick, Broderick over Jones. there. Yeah. I think Broderick needs to stay at left tackle. This kind of solidifies mm -hmm. that those two tackle positions, Jonah Williams coming in and being that starting right tackle, having Broderick young and develop on the left side really solidifies the outside of that offensive line unit. And then you can kind of focus on bringing the middle back in. I think James Daniels is still a good, a good pick on inside. As a guard, I don't think we have our future center on the team, and, and maybe we don't even have the other guard. Who knows? Um, but with that being said, that would kind of solidify those tackle positions on the offensive line. Gotcha. This is your first one that I'm not as big of a fan, but just because I don't like the tape on Jonah Williams. That's fair. Uh, he started off as a left tackle and was absolutely abused at that position moved over to right and swore to the Bengals that he wouldn't play right tackle. He'd quit the team before he played, and then he ended up playing it anyway. Uh, so I, I do worry a little bit of, about his attitude and whether or not he would be willing to play right tackle, uh, and then whether or not he would hold up at right tackle because uh, he's been kind of up and down in his career so far, um, losing his starting job pretty early into his career, unfortunately for him. Uh, but he has a former first-round pick, so – Maybe you can unlock that that old potential of what he used to be. Um, number three guy for me, Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson having himself another solid year for the Houston Texans this year. Seems like he's played for half of the NFL at this point. And he seems to keep on going to a team, having a really nice year, and then leaving in free agency. Uh, and he's never going to be thought of as the number one corner recommended signing him to a three or four year deal. I think you assign Steven Nelson to a two year deal and you don't have to worry about corner number two for a couple of years. Um, when he played for Pittsburgh before his last season with us was absolutely shut down. He was incredible for us. And I think he was opposite Joe Hayden at the time, maybe. Uh, and he played really well for Pittsburgh. Uh, you're not talking a big dude. He's only five eleven, but uh, he plays bigger than what his size is. Uh, 
for the Houston Texans in the playoffs. He was making interceptions in the playoffs and uh, was one of the guys to expose Joe Flacco for the turnover king that he is. Uh, and, and I think that a reunion with a guy like him would be appropriate. And again, not break the bank. Yep. Uh, he's not an elite corner, so you're not going to have to pay him 15 plus million to get him. Uh, might be able to get him in that 10 mil plus range uh, and solidify a position and then be able to prioritize other things that, that are needed a little bit more, uh, like we've mentioned multiple times, maybe a center. So that's my number three guy on the list. My number four guy, going back to the same position, you went to at number two, just a different name. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. was, again, a guy I really liked coming out of college. Can't believe he's already a free agent, so just shows how long we've been doing the show. Uh, he was one of the people that um, I learned through this process that a lot of times the NFL doesn't bother with safeties in the first round until late in the first round. And then beginning of the second round, they go all in on it, right? Yep. And you'll get like four or five safeties go in the first 15 picks of the second round. Yep. Uh, so that's what happened with him that year, the chance to get him in the second round. Uh, so I think he'd be an awesome addition and would be really nice next to Minka Fitzpatrick back there. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. Um, thinking about him and his time, even in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs and just his play style um, would really do the same thing that I think C.J. Gardner would do uh, in allowing, just like you talked about, allowing Minka to free up to play his style of football, um, which quite frankly, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do as a coach. When, when you're coaching a team or, or putting together a team or however you want to look at it, you're trying to build pieces and you're trying to use other pieces to build off of each other. And that's exactly what we're talking about with a lot of these guys coming in and helping out. Um, so I can't agree more. Number four on my list is a guy you already talked about, Steven Nelson. Uh, I think that it would be fantastic to get him back in the building. Uh, and he already knows somewhat of the system. He's familiar with the guys on the team. He'd come in and, and probably be able to help mentor the young guys. It would, I think it would just be a really good, like reunion with Steven Nelson and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, honestly, I, I was thinking this too for a while. I know that Mike Hilton's not a free agent, but like I was processing Mike Hilton coming back or Steven Nelson coming back. And as much as I like Mike Hilton in the slot and his ability to blitz the quarterback, I think that Steven Nelson would, would be more likely to come back to Pittsburgh than Mike Hilton. Um, I agree. Mike Hilton did not exactly enjoy his time on the way out and everything. So, I love the Steven Nelson pick. You hit the, you know, you hit the right on the nail uh, when you talked about it earlier, hit the nail right on the head. Um, so Steven Nelson is a guy that I would love to see back in the building. Awesome. Awesome. Who you got for your fifth and final free agent pickup? My last pickup. And so this is exactly what I just talked about. I kind of did that leading up to this. You kind of put teams together to build off of each other. Uh, mm. My last guy is Ezra Cleveland. Uh, he's been used as a tackle. He's been used as a guard. I would want him to be used as a guard in this situation um, to kind of sure up that offensive line. And here's the thing. Uh, he, he didn't have a phenomenal year last year, but he also played for the Jags, which don't have a phenomenal offensive line. When you don't have good guys around you, you kind of get more pressure on you and it's harder for you to do stuff. I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but he did have a tough year. Um, and kind of the same thing with Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams had a horrible year. But I think that when you put these guys in a correct system and get them around the right people, uh, they can play better. And I just think back to the the group we had, you know, with Alejandro Villanueva, DeCastro, Pouncey, uh, Ramon Foster, all these guys that they made each other better. 
and I want to yeah. get groups of guys in here that I think could do that. As I think all these guys are good as good alone. And I think if we got them in the room together, Ezra Cleveland would be a great piece to put right beside Broderick Jones, or even if you want to put on the other side uh, against, you know, whatever right tackle we decide to go with, if it happened to be another free agent or a guy we already have on the team or a rookie, if we draft another <laughs> offensive lineman rookie. So I think Ezra Cleveland has a chance to uh, revive, revitalize his career a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you know, Pittsburgh absolutely value versatility in the offensive line, right? Uh, so I could see that definitely being a guy that they would consider bringing in, uh, especially with his experience as a tackle and a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you have one guy that can fill in in multiple positions. Uh, they love having that. They absolutely love that. So uh, definitely somebody that should be a realistic option of someone they could consider. My fifth and final guy, Cody. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Nose tackle, DJ Reader, an absolute just unit in the middle of your defense a huge massive individual who specializes in stopping the run i think pittsburgh is just desperately in need of that casey hampton steve mcclendon type of Javon hargrave just big plugger in the middle a guy that can take up two blockers keep those middle linebackers free so that they can go make plays I don't expect Nick Chubb to have a season-ending injury again next season, so you're going to have to deal with him. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to deal with him, you need to keep your linebackers free so that they can get one-on-ones with him. If they're trying to shake off a guard and make the tackle against Nick Chubb, they're going to get run over all the time. Uh, and realistically, we have to look at this this conference, right, in the, the AFC North in our division. Everybody loves to run the ball. Yep. So you need to be able to stop the run. The Browns love to run it. Uh, the Ravens, who just somehow keep on creeping to the top of the division, with who just is a better runner than he is a thrower of the football. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, I don't know how, uh, but if you're not prioritizing those run-stopping defensive linemen, you're probably not doing it right. Uh, so I think I would like to see them value somebody in free agency that maybe you don't have to pay as much. Uh, otherwise, maybe one of those fourth-round picks, you find a big nose plugger there since we've got two fourth-round draft picks this year. That might not be a bad location to get a, a nose tackle as well. Uh, but somebody like this is proven and will upgrade your defensive line uh, against the run day one. Yeah. No, absolutely. If you guys have anyone you think that Pittsburgh should target in the free agency uh, madness this year, let us know in the comments. Uh, or message us on social media. We'd love to talk about who you think we should go after, why we think, why you think we should go after them. And then, hey, if they go after them, we get them. Uh, shout out to you on the podcast for sure uh, that you called one of them. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We're not talking the games. Of- We're not talking the what? Oh, you right. I'm... <laughs> I forgot. I, say, Cody, I spent six hours watching these I games. I forgot and about the games. Notes. Talk about them a little. Let's bit. talk about the games. <laughs> I forgot about the games. Uh, got some notes for you guys on the East West Shrine Bowl and also the Senior Bowl. Uh, just some guys that popped out to me and watching the games. Uh, a lot of watching these games. It's uh, you know quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. You don't get to see a whole lot otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the East-West Shrine Bowl, which was the Thursday game, I thought a few edge rushers really popped in this game. Uh, and then also 
um, saw a little bit from some running backs. So uh, running back Jacob Kadodi, six one two twenty five. He was really fast. Uh, so awesome burst. Had some nice jiggle wiggle moves uh, going on to make guys miss. So liked what I saw from him. Uh, defensive tackle Miles Murphy was six three and seven eighths, thirty. 312 pounds with 33 and a half inch arms. And I say all that to say that is the guy that fits the stereotype of what Pittsburgh looks for in a defensive end. He was extremely disruptive, uh, played basically like a four, three, most of this game. Uh, so you saw him as an interior pass rusher, uh, worked his way past interior offensive linemen with ease, moved guys around disruptive tackles for loss, um, had a great bull rush and was really pretty much immovable against the run. So that's somebody you could put on the opposite side of Cam Hayward uh, and, and get him some playing time pretty early on. Nice length. I like that 33 and a half. That's tough to find in these guys. A lot of these guys that popped in these games didn't have the arm like that, like, which sucks, man, because you know how big I am on that. Yep. Uh, next guy fits that category. Uh, nose tackle, Thule Late. To Ganesia. <laughs> I probably butchered it. Uh, he's six foot and seven eighths, so almost six one, three oh one, built like a fire hydrant, thirty-one and seven eighths inch long arms. Uh, but he was so stout. Reminded me of a young Casey Hampton and how thick Casey Hampton was. He was just like a square body. Didn't have that big gut or anything yet when he was a rookie coming out, uh, but very, very stout. So run stopper, and he adds some penetration versus the run. Doesn't offer you anything in the pass rush. So this would be like a fourth-round or later guy most likely for you. Um, Frank Gore Jr., Cody, you saw him in some highlights. Uh, Frank really had a nice game. Uh, running back I don't think is going to be something Pittsburgh prioritizes, but maybe you take a flyer in the sixth or seventh round uh, with no fifth-round picks. Uh, he was really, really, really quick. Really quick, great vision as well. Uh, he's only 5'7", 199 pounds, so kind of a smaller running back, but not uncommon for Pittsburgh's third running back to be a smaller, quicker dude like that. Yep. Uh, outside linebacker Mo Kamara, uh, no clue if there's any relation to Kamara or not. Uh, I thought this was a guy that was really well put together. Almost six foot two, he's 6'1", and 7 eighths with uh, 252 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms. Uh, his first step was crazy. Like, he was winning with that first step on the edge over and over and over. Uh, so I was really impressed with that. Uh, and he had that dip and rip, kind of like how James Harrison used to, where he'd get, dip the shoulder and then rip that arm through. Um, lots of that with this guy. And he won with it over and over. Uh, also had an inside counter off of it. Showed an arsenal of pass rush moves. Uh, so I was pretty impressed with him as well. Safety Jalen Carley's. You're going to say, hopefully you're talking about he made a great play and, and uh, got an interception or a pass breakup. I honestly didn't really notice him much on defense until after a play. There was a, a like a punt return where a guy took it to the house, and this guy is like outrunning everyone, right? A short little guy uh, for the team he was on. Yeah. He's outrunning everybody on the other team, and here comes this tall mother effer from way behind him catching up to him like it's nothing like the guy returning it for a touchdown is out running everybody he's running him down like dk metcalf on that interception return last year that we saw yep. when he ran down buddha baker and buddha baker was like a 448 guy dk ran him down like it was nothing that's what this safety did and he was just trying to get out there to throw a block yep 
why this stuck out to me, he's 6'2 and 3'8, 231 pounds with 34 and an eighth of an inch long arms. Massive, massive safety. So I would love a guy like that as a project strong safety. Try to develop him as a guy opposite Minka. And you know what? If it doesn't work as safety, maybe he can play middle linebacker because that is one tall, fast dude right there, man. Yep. Um, defensive tackle, Jawan Briggs was 6'1 and a quarter, 313 pounds, 32 and a quarter inch long arms. Uh, had a great burst. He was real quick on that first step. Uh, was really good at disengaging his blocker to go get the running back uh, and was real quick for his size. Uh, a penetration guy, kind of like Larry Ogunjobi, where he wins by penetrating, not necessarily by stack and shed as much, but he did show some stack and shed ability. And then my last guy from the East-West Shrine Bowl, Jarius Monroe. Uh, Jarius actually won the defensive player of the game. Uh, he's six foot and five eighths, 204 pounds, 32 and a quarter inch long arms and got a pick at the end of the game. Was an underthrown ball, but you know what? He made the play. Uh, and he was a guy that went from a small school and transferred to a larger school. Uh, so it showed his ability to step up to the higher competition and then go into a bowl game and pick. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, the edge guys, the D tackles, that's kind of what stuck out for me in that game. Did you? Did I I know. I apologize if I missed it. Did you talk about the UCLA linebacker Darius uh, Mas? I don't even know how to say it. Uh, Masao Masao. Uh, I did see him. I didn't talk about him. Okay, no, no I just, he had a real nice hit real early in that, the game. That, it was the first play of the there. game. It was the first yeah. play. Um, yeah, I was ready to write him down, and then I waited to see if he more and then i never saw him do anything again the rest of the game yeah but that was a real nice hit no uh, it was only thing that concerned me on that is he didn't wrap up he yeah just kind it was, of came in there and blew him up and yeah and that's great hit. but yeah in the nfl you will need to wrap up because a lot you of can't running do that to derrick henry you can't do that yeah. to Najee. you can't do that to a couple of these guys so no but i just wanted to talk about that one hit because i saw that and i was very impressed um yeah he followed through but just not didn't wrap up at all um so, yeah, there's a little bit of a concern there. Uh, obviously, you know, Pittsburgh's not going to go after a quarterback, but the, uh, excuse me, Tua's younger brother, correct, was in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, performed, yeah, performed very well. So I'm excited to see where he goes. I just hope he doesn't go to an AFC team. I hope he goes NFC. Yeah, real dynamic dude. Very athletic like his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times accurate, at times not so accurate. He had a deep ball on the right sideline that would have gone for a touchdown, but he underthrew the guy pretty bad. Uh, and it was funny because the commentators were like, see, that proves that he can throw the deep ball. And I was like, ah, oh, but he underthrew it so bad. He can throw <laughs> the, the ball deep, me, not yeah, throw the deep ball. <laughs> but not deep enough to get the guy in stride. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the Malik Willis. Um, do you remember his tryout, like his his college practice tape? And at the very last pass he threw a practice, he just bombed it like 70 yards. And everybody was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Yep. Man, he missed that target so bad on that throw. Like when I saw that throw, my first instinct was he missed that guy by 20 yards, but he put so much air under it. The guy was able to run under it. Like he was in the middle of the field at like the, the right hash mark. And that thing almost went out of bounds to the right side. He threw it so far. And the guy had to change shoulders and everything to go get the ball. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, okay, yeah, you got a strong arm, but it's not accurate. So what's that do? Um, not much. So, yeah, kind of had a, a, a similar feel to that. Uh, but very, very explosive dude. Very quick. Very, very good pocket presence. You know, people didn't get him to the ground. He, 
he spun away from stuff. So he was an impressive player. I just think if Pittsburgh grabs another quarterback, it'll be probably somebody a little bit more traditional than that and, and a little bigger. He's yeah. such a short guy. You know, that's that's tough in NFL. Not very many short quarterbacks make it. We see more of them get drafted and then not work out than we do see actually make it. Like a Drew Brees, you know, that's that's rare to have a guy like that. And even that, Drew was like six foot. Yeah. This this, this tongue of Iowa, I don't think five nine five ten. So yeah, that's that's a very tough transition for those real short dudes. No, very much. Uh, let's talk about the Senior Bowl. Yes, yeah, Senior Bowl got some more corners that popped. Uh, some middle linebackers. That's kind of where I kept my focus in this game. Uh, the edge rushers didn't really have anywhere near as much success in this game, uh, and I think a lot of that probably has to do with a higher skill level on the offensive line. Uh, it's really tough to point out individual offensive linemen they didn't do a lot of screen plays where you can really see the athleticism of those guys getting out and pulling in front uh but i thought offensive linemen in general mostly represented themselves pretty well seems like we've got a deep class both tackle and guard um first guy to pop for me was a corner by the name of nehemiah pritchett okay. uh he got a real nice pass breakup early on in the game uh six foot and one eight 188 pounds only 31 and an eighth inch long arms. That's a concern as far as the NFL. You're looking for 32 plus on corners. Very few guys less than 32 have success at the next level. Uh, but it was a real nice pass breakup. Uh, next guy, Tyke Smith, 5'9 and 6'8. So almost, almost 5'10, 206 pounds, 31 and an eighth. So he's got short arms. But you know what? Tyke was all over the place. He high pointed a pass breakup. He was blowing people up a real thickly built dude. And honestly, it surprised me a little bit to see his measurables come in as short as he is. Cause he played a lot bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say he's a strong safety type, uh, but you worry about safeties that are that short. Again, not a ton of safeties that are short, have a lot of success in the NFL. Troy Polamalu being the big red herring, like exception of that. Uh, but most of the time your safeties should be six foot six, one or bigger. Uh, so he misses the mark on the height, but not on the, not on the heart and not on the ability to high point. People, all those stuck out as big pluses. what do you think about uh, Jarvis another Brown safety. Lee? Do you Jarvis have him on your list? Brown Lee. He's on my list. Absolutely. A nickel okay. corner type. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's five ten and five eights, 183 pounds. Almost has the arms you're looking for 31 and three quarter. Uh, so at a nickel corner, you're not as concerned, so that's probably fine for a nickel guy. Uh, had an interception on what was a, a pretty poorly thrown ball. Uh, a lot of the interceptions in this game were exactly that, where the ball was just thrown pretty Receiver badly. was also on the ground, if I'm not mistaken, for that play. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in it, but in the end, he caught it clean, and he had a really exciting return where he was making like crazy. Yep. Uh, so if you got a chance to see that interception – uh, it was a fun return, man. He was juking around like a punt return, man, and mm-hmm. probably made four or five guys miss at least before they finally got him to the ground. So uh, he did have himself a nice splash play in this game. Um, another safety jumped out to me in this Evan Williams, uh, 5'11 and 3'8. So he almost hits that six foot mark, 202 pounds, really short arms, 29 and change. Uh, again, for a safety, not as big of a deal as it is for corners. Uh, he had an interception in the end zone. Can't ask for a better position for a guy to intercept the ball. And honestly, I thought he was all over the place, making a lot of plays in this game. Uh, so 
The arm length, I don't concern about as much with safeties just because they're more tackling than they are like coverage guys. Yeah. Uh, but it might be a little bit of an issue for him if he has to match up one-on-one versus tight ends. Uh, that reach of tight ends might give him big ones in, in the uh, NFL level. Uh, but as far as his abilities to play the ball and his instincts seemed really good. Uh, a couple middle linebackers jumped out at game jackson sermon was one of them at uh, six two and two eights 235 pounds arms a little on the short side of 30 and three eights uh but he had a real nice pass breakup uh almost got an interception on the play in some pretty serious open field tackle in one-on-one situations uh where guys had the opportunity and plenty of space to juke him up but they didn't yep um was a team leader too i think he was calling the defense too uh, so definitely somebody that should be on the radar. J.D. Bertrand, another middle linebacker, 6'1", 235, short arms, again, 30 and one quarter, uh, but really high IQ and effort guy, again, was in on tackles everywhere, all over the field. Um, tough to miss, big white, t- number 27, I think it was, uh, linebacker just all, all over making all plays. Uh, so he was pretty fun. Then a couple other middle linebackers I had on Cedric Gray, 6'1 and 6'8, 232 pounds, 32 and a half inch long arms. We got some some length on this guy, right? Um, he was fast, man. Really, really fast. It was a North Carolina guy, so no surprise on the speed. Uh, had a high point pass breakup in somebody that was just all over the place as far as his tackles. Um, last middle linebacker that jumped out at me in the game, Trevin Wallace, more of a thumper type. 6'1 and 2'8", 244, 33-inch arms. Uh, and he was just one of those guys that if he hits you, you're, you're going down, you're going backwards. Yep. So uh, you like seeing those thick-built dudes. Uh, how would he be in pass coverage at the next level? That's something that you're going to look to try and figure out at the combine. How does he do in those backpedal drills? Uh, how does he do in those change of direction drills? That's going to be really important for a guy like him because a lot of middle linebackers coming out now – are in that 225 to 235 range. Him carrying 244 pounds is a disadvantage when it comes to change of direction skills, um, but has the size and physicality to make it happen. Last dude I had here is an from this game, Shaw Smith Wade, uh, cornerback, 5'10", 187 pounds, real short arms, 29 and three quarter uh, inch on the arms, had a diving interception uh on a overthrown ball uh but it was one of those things where he could have given up on it the receiver had no chance at the ball yep uh but he dove in an extension like you'd see a wide receiver to do uh caught the ball and then had an exciting return on it so um some some exciting plays from some corners and middle linebacker game uh and and some safeties as well so uh i tried to focus a little more on positions that i thought Pittsburgh would be most likely to draft yeah. uh, and came away with some, some exciting prospects in both games. No, that's fair. Um, the one thing I want to talk about from this game, and it's not even from the game, it's actually from practice. Uh, Cause I yeah. don't, I don't know that I, that anything super crazy happened in the game with him that I, that was seen. Um, but UConn offensive lineman, Christian Hayes or Haynes, excuse me, during practice um, against an LSU defender or defensive lineman, had his helmet ripped off and thrown at one point, and he, after he blocked the defensive lineman very, very well, and had the composure not to get back, like not to get involved in any kind of thing, whatever. 
that's the part that impressed me. You, you got to imagine these young kids, mm -hmm. these big kids uh, coming out of, you know, college and just want to mm -hmm. prove they're the toughest and they're the best. The composure he had after already blocking very well in practice when his helmet was ripped off and thrown. That's like thinking back to like when Najee was drafted and how well he presented himself. Like that's like that was to me. Not that that's yeah. why you're drafting these guys. He is quite small um, and not quite exactly the size you want, but that's just something exciting to, to look for with offensive linemen. No, you like that maturity, right? In that situation, it's very easy to respond in anger. And honestly, I think this should be a, a big positive mark for guys scouting that offensive lineman. But just as much as it's a big positive mark for him, that should be a huge negative mark for that LSU defensive lineman, man. What are you doing losing your cool and ripping a guy's helmet off in practice? Yep. Like, if he does that in practice, what the hell is that guy going to do in a game? Because I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to cost you a game with 15-yard penalties in crucial t situations. And I wouldn't want him. Nope. If he goes that up, guy if he just goes got up, him. No, just yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, that guy just got him crossed off of probably five to ten teams' lists by doing something stupid like that in a practice. Every team has scouts at these practices. It's all over the NFL Network. You can watch every single one of these, find it on YouTube, and then you're out there losing your head because you lost a rep? Bro, it's the NFL you're about to be in. You're going to lose reps more often than you win them, especially as a defensive lineman. Yep. You're going to win one out of every 15 to 20 reps and actually make a play. Are you going to just go ahead and rip the other guy's helmet off every time? Man, you better go to anger management or you ain't going to make it. Yeah. And some, I mean, some teams have that kind of stuff where like, the, hey, we're going to draft you, but we expect you to go to anger management twice. Like, that's a real thing. Like, that's a yeah. real thing that they, you know, it's a potential that he has to go through. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. That defensive lineman was LSU defensive lineman by the name of um, – oh, I, I have it here. I'm just curious as to who it is. And now my stuff's freezing. Oh, um, I could probably find it. Give me two seconds. It's just not working. That was the senior bowl, right? Yes. Um, All right. Find the LSU defensive lineman. Shouldn't take long. Uh, Jordan Jefferson. Whew. Jordan. Bad look, Jordan. Bad look. Bad look. I know you listen. So, <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, no, but now with that being said, uh, if you guys see anybody that you think Pittsburgh should draft from these games, or if you see anybody that played really well, let us know that in the comments as well as your uh, top five or top however many free agents you think Pittsburgh should target. And we'd love to talk about it on the show next time. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. Don't forget about those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.